Hi, this is Chris Nessie from the House of EdTech podcast. Welcome to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. I used to produce and edit the Google Teacher Podcast, hosted by Matt Miller and Casey Bell. You can enjoy the podcast once again, and be sure to visit the new website, chrisnessy.com slash googleteacherpod. Please note that any of the show note links mentioned in the episodes are no longer valid, but if you go to chrisnessy.com, dot com slash Google Teacher Pod, you can search the archive and check out the show notes for each and every episode of the Google Teacher Podcast. Thank you for your continued support, and may the Googles be with you. Go in, play around. You may not like it. You may fail. You may succeed. You might love it. But the idea is, every time that we use a different tech tool, especially in Google, it builds our skills and our and our knowledge of that tool and how we can use it effectively in our pedagogy. So give it a try. I think we owe it to ourselves as professionals and our students as learners. This is the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, episode number 10. Welcome to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast, your source for the latest news on Google for education, tips, tricks, and teaching ideas you can use in class tomorrow. Here are your hosts, Matt Miller from DitchThatTextbook.com and Casey Bell from ShakeUpLearning.com. Hey folks, and welcome back to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. And Casey, do you realize that we just sort of hit a little mini milestone with this podcast? We have. This is episode number 10. Yay. I can't believe it. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. It's like we finally hit double digits and um, it's it's already been a, a pretty cool journey. And I know that a lot of people are, are finally starting to be able to find the, the podcast. And um, Casey and I have kind of been keeping an eye on some of the ratings and we were as high as number three in the K-12 category on iTunes, which is pretty cool stuff, I think. Yeah, that that blew me away. I was really happy to see um, number three. I think that was that was really exciting. And I I love kind of following where it's going. And I, you know, I think when we started too, we weren't really sure how we were going to keep up with a weekly podcast. So I think we've, mm-hmm. we've made it to 10 and we've proven that we can do it. Yes, yes, you're right. And we've got yet another good episode today. Casey, you want to tell us a little bit about it? Sure. We have a fantastic interview with Jen Giffen, and she is going to share with us some of her favorite tips and tricks. You may know Jen from her sketch notes or um, from her video on how to pretty up your Google Drive. So we've got some fun things to share with you from Jen. We've also, of course, got some news and updates and including a new curriculum for students offered by Google. And yeah, we've got questions from our listeners. And let me tell you, people are really trying to stump us, aren't they, Matt? <laughs> yes, I know. We've got some hard questions. <laughs> we do. We do. And then, of course, we've got some some blog posts to share with you as well. I'm super excited. Let's get started. <laughs> me too. So as always, there are updates and changes and there's news with Google. And we've got a couple of things that we think you might like to know about. So Casey, tell us about this thing that you just teased right at the beginning of the episode. 
So this is super exciting, Matt. Right. (laughs) Google has offered a curriculum for students to learn how to use G Suite applications. And this is huge. This is something that teachers have been asking about. This is actually a question I get a lot. I feel like now I want to go back. I'm like, oh, wait, no, here's here's how you need to do this. But um, these are video based lessons for grades seven through 12. And to confuse things, this is part of the CS first project. So the link is actually going to take you to CS First, which is their computer science um, resources from Google. But um, I did check these these are truly G Suite based videos. So a a couple of of things to point out, because I learned this the hard way and I don't want anybody else to learn this the hard way, is when you when you click on start here, I think is what it is. Yeah, get started from the website. It, It will want to validate your account. So you'll have to log in with your Google account. And the next thing is it's going to take you to a page to choose whether you are a teacher or a student. And this is not Google Classroom. So don't get confused, but it does have sort of a similar process. So once you choose, your role is set. So let me tell you, I just wanted to see what the students saw. So I clicked on student first. Well, it it didn't work um, out so well when I tried to do that with my personal account. So I went back in with a different account and chose the teacher role um, because the teacher has to actually set this up first. So if you're going in, go in as the teacher. You will then have to choose your location and then you can create a class and it will automatically add the curriculum for unit one into your class. And then you can see the teacher guide, the student videos, the lesson plans, and then you'll also have access to the student progress. So once you create that class, it will generate a class code that you'll then give to the students. So that's why I couldn't view it just as a student because I didn't have a teacher. So I didn't have any kind of code to put in. So I just wanted everybody to kind of know that because if you're like me and you're like, I just want to see what it is first before I decide to sign up for it, um, be sure that you start as the teacher so that you can create that class and then you can see all of the resources there. Yeah. And, you know, even even though it's it's got its sort of like hiccups and its things that you got to work around, this really is something that I think that that teachers have really been looking for. And it's nice that Google has pulled something together to be able to talk about some of these important things like, you know, getting kids ready for these future careers and helping them to behave ethically online. And I mean, you know, there there are some really important topics in here, I think. There are. It starts out in unit one with an overview, which, by the way, is a computer science programmer from Google. So one of the Googlers, they're all in the videos and and they're actually doing some of the teaching. So I think that's fantastic. Yes, yes, me too. So so that's an important one. And there's another one that I wanted to touch on real quick, and it has to do with Hangouts and Gmail. And since we found out about Hangouts Meet and Hangouts Chat, there have been sort of some changes, a little bit of, um, I wouldn't necessarily go with the word upheaval, but there are definitely some changes that are coming to to Hangouts and you know all of that stuff. And so a couple of things that we found out recently were that if, if you send... SMS messages through Hangouts on Android that we're going to need to find something else to do that because as they're evolving and changing Hangouts, that's one thing that they're moving away from. And a couple of other of those little things, uh, Google Talk, they're transitioning Google Talk to Hangouts. So if Google Talk is a part of what you do, then that's a that's something that, that will need to change. And I know for some of us that use uh, that use Gmail, 
you have this this option called Gmail Labs, where they're always testing out new little experimental features, new fun things that they can do. I know one of my favorite ones there is called Canned Responses, where you can, you know, pull in the same answer to you know the same question over and over again. And um, some of those Gmail Labs. They've just decided that that they need to retire them. I don't. I don't think that the canned responses is one of those, but there there are other ones that that are are being retired. And then there was a Google Plus fun- functionality within Gmail that now they're they're going to end. So just as as Hangouts continues to change, those are some of the the things. It's nice to at least be able to plan ahead if Hangouts is is an important part of your of what you do to to be able to prepare for those changes. Yes, I think this is a really good move by Google because in your G Suite accounts, Gmail has sort of needed a bit of an upgrade. G Talk, Google Talk has has sort of been antiquated. Um, it is built in, but um, so we need to get rid of that vocabulary. It will no longer be called Google Talk. Um, it will be all part of Hangouts now. Um, and if you are a G Suite administrator, just know that you should have been um, notified by email if you're if your domain is going to be affected by this change. So the the link in the show notes will actually give you all the details in the release and everything else. I think Gmail add-ons is a huge update. Um, you know, a lot of things with the labs, yes, they're fabulous. And a lot of times labs become permanent parts of Gmail because they're testing it out, they're working out the kinks, and then, oh yeah, everybody loves it, and then they make it a permanent part. So now it's just sort of shifting that we've got this new add-on functionality. And I so far, we've seen a lot of growth in the business industry. So I'm looking forward to some of the, the educational add-ons that we will see coming to Gmail as well. And the Google Plus functionality. So they're just really kind of cleaning it up. So we did have some ways to connect to Google Plus inside Gmail, and that, of course, is going away. And like I said, all of these news and updates we've got linked in our show notes, so you can go to googleteachertribe.com slash 10. Folks, I am thrilled to introduce you to our guest today. This is someone that I met virtually through Twitter and through the Ditch That Textbook Digital Summit that I put on back in December, uh, where we had all of these presenters and our guest took it upon herself to create sketch notes of all nine of our presentations, which were fabulous. And ever since then, I've been dying to know more about her. I've been kind of checking into her work. And I got to say, the more that I learn about her, the more that I realize that she is really a Google Apps ninja and really kind of, she really knows her stuff. So um, introducing you today to Jen Giffen. Jen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, thank you. Thank you for inviting me on. I'm honored that you even thought of me. I'm, I'm religious followers of both of your on Twitter. And the minute that you you released this, I remember it coming in, getting the email of the GT tribe because I'm a VIP member. I have my badge on my on my website. <laughs> and I, I was I was thrilled. And I said, oh, I can get on my treadmill now. And I got on the treadmill and I listened and I was so happy. I'm an educator in Canada. So I taught in the classroom for 15 years, uh, secondary English, math and special education. And then this past September, I transitioned into more of a coaching role. So we call it in our district, a digital literacy resource teacher, which is essentially is like a TOSA or an ed tech coach. Uh, that's what I do now. So I go, I'm in charge of nine different high schools that I work with, both the administration of that high school and with the teachers and sometimes the students. And I just sort of help them build the repertoire around tech to use it really effectively. We talk a lot about the SAMR model. We 
We talk about the four C's. We talk a little bit about uh, DOK, although it's not really in Canada yet, but I try to embed it because I think it's a really good philosophy. But yeah, that's essentially what I do. I, ping, I, I feel like a pinball. I'm constantly going from school to school, and it's really great because I'm, I'm really high energy, and I love working with people, so I really feed off of it. It's not unusual for me to be up at one in the morning and still working, and my husband's saying, are you coming to bed? And me just losing track of time because I just really love teaching, and I love what I do. Jen, we, we are so excited to talk to you. And, you know, I think you and I actually have a lot in common in, in terms of our backgrounds. I think you, were you an English teacher as well? Yep. Yep. And our passion for Google and for technology. So I, I'm right there with you. I have spent many a night up uh, working and, and I'm very passionate about what we do. And that's why I'm so excited to share your passion with the Google Teacher Tribe. So everyone sort of has this moment where they were introduced to Google. What was your Google spark? You know what? There's probably been a few. Uh, my first one, I used to be an Edmodo user. And then our district went over and we became a, a, a G Suite, I guess now, the Je Suite. Um, that's how we say it in Canada because we're bilingual. <laughs> and uh, I like that. We became a, like a gaff, I guess, at the time, uh, domain we got, we're an EDU and we said, okay, well, let's go into it. And I, I'm never, to be honest, an early adopter. I, um, I really, I really like Vicki Davis, how she talks about innovating like a turtle and I, it speaks to me a lot. She, um, and the idea for me is always, okay, I'm going to let someone else try it for a semester. And then I'm, then I go in, like I am off the diving board, fully clothed in there, living it, breathing it. Um, so for me, I guess it was, I was on Edmodo and Google Classroom came out and I sort of watched it a little bit at a few people and then I said, okay, I'm going to try it. And I just went in wholeheartedly. And it was, I, it was the time I was teaching grade nine and the, my students had used it in their elementary schools in grade eight. And what I loved about it really, and, and I say this really honestly, was my students taught me how to use it. When I couldn't figure something out, these grade nine students, so we were streamed. And so these were grade nine applied students. They're going to college versus university. For the most part, that would be their track um, and their pathway. And they loved the fact that, well, here's this teacher who's learning. And I was learning alongside of them. So we learned how to collaborate um, on Google Docs in really an effective way instead of a surface way that I, I felt I'd been using it up to then. Using, you know, Google Forms as exit tickets. And they would say, oh, you know, we did this last year, miss. And so together we created this great community of learning that then transferred from that class into the rest of the courses that I was teaching. So for me, it was that, you know, anytime you're introduced to new technology and I find in the role that I'm in, I have teachers constantly saying to me like, oh, you know, you know, this is going to go. We're only going to have this for a couple of years. So I'm not going to jump on this. And I, I turn to them and I say, imagine if one of my students in grade 10 said that about writing an essay, you know, miss, the way you like your essay structured or your, your thesis statements laid out is really different than those grade 11 teachers. So I'm just not going to write essays this year. And I'm like, it's, they're transference of skills. So we need to realize, like, go in, play around. You may not like it. You may fail. You may succeed. You might love it. But the idea is every time that we use a different tech tool, especially in Google, it builds our skills and our, and our knowledge of that tool and how we can use it effectively in our pedagogy. So give it a try. I think we owe it to ourselves as professionals and our students as learners. And, and how, exciting and inspiring is it for us whenever we get one of those new tools and we start to play with it and we start to see the potential. So I can totally see where where that was your spark. And speaking of these Google tools, I know one that you're pretty passionate about is not one of the, the very first ones that probably comes to mind, and that is Google Hangouts. And I know Google Hangouts obviously is more than just like a text-based chatting program. Um, the, and I really personally feel like video calls have the potential to do huge things to get our kids connected 
to places around the world and to make them feel like they're really there. So I was wondering if you could share with us maybe one or two very specific examples of how you can see that being used in the classroom. Oh, absolutely. I, I think I can give you an example for classroom and then beyond for teachers because that's my scope now. And, and then yeah, that can transfer. So, so the one thing I love to do is mystery hangout. So it's the idea, same as mystery Skype, that you pair up with a, a teacher in another area of the world and you play 20 questions essentially and you have students guess where in the world the other group is by really thinking and creating um, different documents that are shared documents in Google Drive. Um, you open a Google My Map and you can sort of make sort of boundaries around and zoom in and, and have people asking questions that are really deep. So it's not just like, okay, are you, are you in Nebraska? Are you in Wyoming? Are you in California? Are you in, right? You have to understand your, your geography in it. You have to be able to communicate well. You have, there's just, there's such depth to what you can do with the, the mystery hangout. And what I love is I've actually connected a teacher in my region, um, a couple of weeks ago now with, uh, a teacher in Illinois. And they really hit it off and they're actually doing some planning over our spring break. I think, I think the spring breaks coincide that they're going to be doing more activities now beyond. So they're going to pair up their students. One was a grade seven, eight class. The other one was a grade five class, but they're looking at how they can do some learning together. Be it that the grade eights, you know, teach some math lessons and make videos that they then share or the, the grade fives can, you know, write a, write a story that would then be edited or vice versa. So there's, there's just this partnership that started with these two passionate teachers that you don't always find in your building. And what I really love about it is there's a little bit of anonymity to it. So the students aren't worried about, oh, okay, you know, this kid's in the school and are they going to make fun of me if I do this or if I say that? Like, you don't know these people. So there's, it's like standing up in front of a big crowd versus a, a small, like a, a group of five to present to. You're like, okay, well, someone in here is going to like what I do. It's the same sort of idea that, that there's that there, there's a, a sense of security in that there's there's very little judgment or much less judgment. And it just sort of comes innately for some reason, even though we have all these issues with cyberbullying and whatnot. But when you really set up parameters and you really have good digital citizenship talks with your students ahead of time, that you can create these partnerships that can be really robust. That's amazing. I really love how you put that. That's that's a really interesting way to think about it. And you're right. There are so many digital citizenship skills embedded within this. And so, Jen, this is actually the lesson that you have shared with us to share with the listeners is about using mystery hangouts. And and you've made it broad enough that this applies to grades three through 12 and even adults. So by the way, I want everybody to know that this lesson will be available in the show notes as a Google Doc that you can actually make a copy of. And you can go to our show notes at googleteachertribe.com forward slash 10. Yeah, awesome. The other thing I was going to say is I, I have used it. Like we've paired up with students as, as young as third grade. And so I didn't put down to the kindies. I, ha- I have two of my own kindies at home. I didn't put it to them because I've never used it, but I've used it for them right up to adult learners. So I use it a lot with our teacher librarians um, to set something up at lunch hours. If you have, you know, students who may not have the friendship circle, but want to create those and, and play the puzzles and those sort of kids that might have a little group that they can do. I've also used Google Hangouts for professional development. Um, about a month ago, maybe maybe a bit less, I was invited in. Um, so I'm in Toronto, just north of Toronto. And I was invited by a, a private school. Derek Rodenizer is, uh, is the principal's name. He's their academic sort of lead. And he has a small school and a small staff. I think they're 17. And he said, I really want them to get great opportunity. And he has like 4,000 Twitter followers. And he thought, why don't I reach out to my PLN? And so he did. So instead of doing a traditional PD one speaker in and speak, he was able to differentiate the learning for them because he, inv- he invited 
all of these guests in from, you know, all over the world and said, here's a time slot. Will you talk for an hour? And people could sign up. So I had two girls sitting with me and I taught them about hyperdocs and they, they thought, wow, this is really powerful. And they have since brought it back to their teaching partners and they've emailed me with questions, but it was so great for personalized learning. It was so great for breaking down walls of, you know, um, for that you that we would normally have in traditional structures like it was completely out of his school it was out of his region it was it was out of his city and he was able to come and you know call in people he had people coming in from texas i think he had someone i think said from south america so if if we're really going to talk about honoring uh, professional development and the professional part of that professional development i think google hangouts is the way to go it's free and you're always going to find someone that said yeah i can give you i don't need a huge stipend or money to come in last night i um i run a virtual teacher book club and we're reading teach like a pirate and i invited dave in dave burgess the author and he said yeah absolutely and he popped into the hangout so I got 30 minutes of PD that you would normally have to pay to go to a conference to see just very easily because because it is so accessible. Yeah, I, I think the sky's the limit for using those video calls within the classroom and also with teachers, um, something that I always, always love to talk about. Now, kind of switching gears a little bit here, I guess all of this sort of has to do with with visual things. Um, I knew when I saw this little bitty video that you did not too long ago, I had to bring it up on, on the show. And so you made this video on YouTube. We'll have a link to it in the show notes. And it's called How to Make Your Google Drive Beautiful. This isn't like, you know, the great big like classroom shifting stuff, but it is pretty cool. So I wondered if you could tell us just a couple of little things that you can do to make your Google Drive more beautiful, more visual, maybe even a little more organized. Yeah, sure. I um, I was invited by Brant Nyberg, who you can follow on Twitter at, at Principal Nyberg. He's in Wyoming. And he invited me to be part of a, he was trying to start a YouTube show and he called UK. He said, we would you be able to, to put something together for me? I'm like, yeah, sure. It was over the, the Christmas break. And I thought, well, what can I do? And I'd come across uh, a blog post that I thought was really interesting about not only color coding your, your drive, but also doing, um, like adding characters and like emojis afterwards. So I sort of read through this blog and I thought, this is fabulous. So basically what you need to do is, you know, in the Google Drive, if you right click any of your folders, options come up and one of them is change folder color. So you go there and you can change the color and that's all great. But you can also change the name by going to this website, www.copypastecharacter.com. And they essentially have pretty much every wingding and every emoji that you could ever need. You right, nice. you right click and save it and it becomes text and you put it in as part of your, as part of your, the name of your folder. And I love it because I have dyslexia. It's very mild, but I find in the drive when I'm looking at, you know, all these gray folders and all these like com- compact text that things really jump around on me. So I immediately saw the benefits for students with exceptionalities who might have this sort of jumping around like I do. So for me, very quickly, I can go in and I'm not only sometimes looking for color, but I'm looking for the little computer icon because I know that's where my you know tech resources are shared or whatnot. And I think it's really powerful and it really personalizes it for kids too, right? They sort of feel like, think about skins that we put on computers or on our cell phones or whatnot to, to make it you. And then it's just not this boring thing to look at. Cause we, we have to admit there's something to be said for aesthetics in, in life in general, let alone education. Absolutely. 
And in that ownership piece that you mentioned, that's that's huge and helping them make it their own. And they're going to want to go there and, and customize those things. Those are things that I haven't thought about. I'm not quite that visually driven. I do have some color coding, but I definitely want to go back through your video and, and sort of up my game. But I know yeah, so many teachers are addicted to color coding, whether that's paper or digital or everything it has to be organized. And sometimes I kind of have to reel my teachers back a little bit to get them to focus on organizing their Google Drive before they get into the color coding. Yeah, <laughs> so, absolutely. you know, it's just sort of finding that balance. But I had never thought about the fact that that could actually help some some of the struggling students as well and build that ownership and that capacity. So in my role, um, we do every week, we've just started in the last month or so, we do something called the 5T challenge where we have a tech tip. We tweet it out, we ask people to try it and then retweet it and tag someone. And that was our tip this week was color coding. And it's a one minute video that we send out to district. And we usually get upwards of 100 people participating and learning this new thing. And we're now moving if you're not on Twitter, why not now just take a picture of showing someone and then tweet that out if they don't have a Twitter account. And hopefully then they start to see the benefits of Twitter and grow their PLN because I'm a huge Twitter fan. So, oh, yes, we are too. So, you have so much to share with our audience, and we are including links to everything that, that we can that you have mentioned in the show notes so that everyone can access your wonderfulness from Canada. Jen, we are super excited. And yes, I said it again, super excited <laughs> that you were joining us today. Uh, I, I think we could talk for hours. And no doubt. I think you and I, like I said, have a lot in common. And I, I feel like I have been in your shoes so many times with serving the the different teachers and different schools that, that have worked at. So thank you so much for sharing this with us and the, the lesson plan, all of the links to her video on how to make your Google Drive beautiful, the copy paste character.com. Everything will be in our show notes, googleteachertribe.com slash 10. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. You know, guys, thanks for having me and keep, keep doing the great things you're doing. It's, it's such a a wealth of great resource for, for teachers who are neophytes with tech and those of us who have been swimming in the pool a long time. So thank you for all your efforts and your dedication to, to growing our knowledge. The Google Teacher Tribe podcast is a proud member of the Education Podcast Network. The Education Podcast Network, podcasts for educators, podcasts by educators. For more great education podcasts, go to edupodcastnetwork.com. All right, it's time to head over to the blogs. And Casey, you've got a really good one you want to tell us about from the TCEA blog, right? Yes, so TCEA is the Texas Computer Educators Association, and they posted a fantastic infographic, 10 Chromifying Tips and Tricks. And I love infographics. I love that it's it's quick, it's simple, it's visual. This is from Diana Benner, who works for TCEA. And so uh, follow her on Twitter as well. But we have linked to this, of course, in our show notes, googleteachertribe.com slash 10. Great, yes. And... um 
on my particular blog, I got a chance to see one of my edu heroes, someone that I have uh, admired from afar for a long time, and that is Sir Ken Robinson. I was at the McCall Conference in Michigan just recently, and he was one of the keynotes. And <laughs> just as soon as I saw that he was one of the keynotes, I may or may not have done a little happy dance just right there in that <laughs> moment. Um, yeah, try to picture that. And I got to hear him talk, and it was just full of inspiration and great ideas. Of course, I ran right to my blog and wrote a blog post about it. And the title of it is, You Are in the Miracle Business, The Best Business to Be In, which was something that he told us as he was closing this this talk. You know, what I always seem to do when I hear keynote speakers is I'll, I'll sketch their ideas out, you know, do like a little digital sketch on my iPad. And so I've included that in my blog post. And I also took a couple of Periscope videos of the presentation. So you actually get to hear some of what he said in video form. So if you're interested in checking those out, we have a link to that blog post on the show notes. That is fantastic. Yes. They don't call him sir for nothing. Yes, exactly. That's right. <laughs> yes, he, he, he is fantastic and one of the most popular TED Talks ever. So um, thanks for sharing that, Matt. That's a, that was a great blog post. So it is mailbag time. You know, Matt, we get some fantastic questions from our listeners. And I love that we get these voicemails using SpeakPipe on the GoogleTeacherTribe.com website. And we have a fantastic question from Keith George, who is an educational technology specialist from Alabama. And his question has to do with some of the tips that we shared in our Google Forms episode it, which was last week. So take it away, Keith. Hey, Matt and Casey. This is Keith George, the big tech coach on Twitter. And I have a question in response to episode nine, where you talked about using Google Forms uh, with the file upload option as for a question type as a way for, uh, for instance, parents to leave feedback. I thought I was correct on this, and I went and double-checked. Whenever I try to use the file upload question, it restricts my form to only be shared with inside uh, to within the domain. So therefore, you know, parents wouldn't be inside the domain. They wouldn't have an account unless they were logged in as a teacher. Have I missed something or is there a workaround to this? Because I'm actually at the State Department level and not everyone is in our domain, but we would love for people to be able to submit forms through, I'm sorry, submit files through uh, the, the Google form. So if there's a workaround for this, I'd love to hear about it. As an aside, I'm loving the show and I look forward to every Monday morning to uh, catch the latest episode. Thanks. Ah, Keith, this is a this is a very good question. So uh, he's he's referring to the fact, obviously, that if you create a Google form and you want to use the file upload feature, which, by the way, is really awesome. It allows the person who is taking the form to be able to upload various types of files so that you can, you know, so that you have control of them. And so he's talking about how if you're going to do that, that you have to obviously be on the same domain as the person who who created the the form. And so that is kind of a tricky thing. And of course, my my first thought was, well, 
If you just switch to a different account, like if you did a standard Gmail account and created that form, that would work. But then that that doesn't work because if you're using a standard Gmail account, the file upload feature isn't available to those. It has to be an, an, on an EDU domain. So this is something that, that Casey and I, before we got on air, we kind of went back and forth and we're trying to figure some things out. And Casey, what do you think? Well, you know, this idea actually came from one of the Google EDU tips that was shared in that Google Forms episode. So there are other people who are doing this, and I'm curious to how they're making this work. One, um, and there may be a gasp from the audience, but do we let the parents use the the student's account to log in? And submit it. Oh, is that okay? I don't know. So let us know what you think of that. Um, obviously, you know, there's not really a workaround, like Matt said, because you can't do this outside of your domain. And Keith mentioned that he works at the state level, so he's he's working with multiple domains. So it does complicate things a little bit. And so I'm, I'm not really sure what the answer is. I know that some people are making this work, and maybe this is easier to make work at the secondary level where the student is actually the one submitting things like field trip forms and things like that. And and, and it is the little ones probably that need the parents to do it. So um, we want you to let us know how to make this work. So we do not have all of the answers. We try to get all of the answers, but we definitely do not have them all. So um, we want your help. And if you have any ideas, please submit that to us. Leave us a voicemail um, or, or connect with us on Twitter and see if we have some other ideas on how to address this issue. Yeah. And so you can definitely do that at googleteachertribe.com slash 10. And before we close up the mailbag, Casey, you spied one of our Google Teacher Tribe ideas being used out in the wild, didn't you? I did. You know what? I love the fact that I am seeing on Twitter on Tuesday after a Monday episode that teachers are doing the things they learned on the podcast on an audio podcast in their classroom the very next day. And so that's been fantastic. And please continue to do that. Use the the GT tribe hashtag and tag us on Twitter as well. But um, Blenna Patterson created a stop motion Google slide video. And so I've linked to it in the show notes and it is fantastic. And it's a great example of how to do stop motion with Google slides, which we talked about in the video projects episode, which was episode episode number seven back on March 6th. So yeah, yeah. And stop motion is one of those little things that I, I absolutely love. If you're ever in one of my trainings, I almost always seems to seem to talk about it. I am very happy to see that, that she used it right away too. So thanks again, Blenna, for plugging that right into your classroom right away. And thanks again to all of you for your great questions. Keep those coming. All right, folks, so I think we just put an, a bow on another episode of the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Episode 10 is in the books, and it was a good one. We talked a little bit with Jen Giffen about Mystery Hangouts, something that I absolutely love to be able to do, you know, breaking those four walls of your classroom down. And if you're interested in checking out her lesson that she submitted to us, you can always go to googleteachertribe.com slash 10 to be able to check that out. And I'm thinking that I may need to stick some of those little emojis and some of those colors into my Google Drive to pretty it up. In our next episode, episode 11, we're going to be talking all about Google Keep. This next episode is going to be a pretty good one. 
I am super excited about Google Keep Week. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, me too. Yes, me yes. Too. Google Keep, yeah, there's so many exciting things. So so stay tuned for episode 11. It's going to be a really fun one. Yes, so we will see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Thanks for listening to the Google Teacher Tribe podcast. Keep up with every new episode by subscribing on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher, and by visiting googleteachertribe.com. Get in on the conversation on Twitter by using the hashtag GTTribe. Until next time, keep harnessing the G Suite power. And may the Googles be with you. Folks, I am super excited to... Wait, we're going to do that again because I started with super excited. <laughs> it just came right out. Drinking game. Break, break ourselves of super excited. Oh, my goodness. Oh, Chris is getting that. That's going to go in the bloopers at the end. Okay. Take it away, George. His name's Keith. <laughs> That's right. He's got the, the, the two yeah, first names. The two right? first names. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Chris. Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. We just totally screwed you up and now you've got to like, you've got to Let me just do this one again. I'll just do okay. this one again. Okay, okay, okay. Start from the beginning. Thank you once again for listening to the Google Teacher Podcast Archive. For the latest on Matt Miller, be sure to visit his website, ditchthattextbook.com. For the latest on Casey Bell, be sure to visit her website, shakeuplearning.com. And to keep up with me and get the latest in education technology, be sure to visit my website, chrisnessy.com. And I invite you to listen to the House of EdTech podcast.